0: Kind of an indication of where we're going this morning, uh, talking with Pastor Jeff about what we were going to do. I says, Hey, I have an idea. How about we give Pastor Dennis like 15 minutes to share on missions and testimonies and we can go into communion? Amen. It's never happened before on a Sunday morning. But before that, though, turn with me quickly to the book of Ezra. I want to kind of, in Pastor Jeff's absence, I want to use this opportunity to kind of give you an update on how things are going here at the church. It's been a while since I have addressed you all. And, uh, Just wanted to encourage you, I was reading through Ezra chapter 7, and then we'll look at chapter 8 real quick as well. Not the whole thing, (laughs) but I was reading through, as I read through the Bible, as you are all reading through the Bible, right? Just say yes, amen. Anyhow, I came to this passage here, it was so cool, and the Lord so spoke to my heart, and it's one of those ones where you take a a passage, a verse, and it just jumps to you, and God speaks to you specifically Something's going on with you. Well, context here Ezra's coming to town. Um, King Artaxerxes basically gives him carte blanche, money, time, whatever, whatever, to go and continue the work there in Jerusalem. And Ezra's response in verse 27 of chapter 7 Blessed be the Lord God of our fathers who has put such a thing as this in the king's heart to beautify the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. And he extended mercy to me before the king and his counselors, before all the king's mighty princes. So I was encouraged as the hand of the Lord my God was upon me. And that right there, that phrase there, immediately the Lord took me to us in Calvary Chapel, South Bay. And, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. In a year, in a month, we're going to celebrate uh, Pastor Steve's anniversary. And looking back through all this time, of course, and where we were and where God has brought us, I looked at this and I, I, I saw myself in here, the hand of the Lord God was upon me, not only me, but on you all as well. And not only on me, but also on the decisions that had to be made during this time. And I was thinking about the board and how we met and we prayed and we talked. And, and just to see that, yes, God, your hand was upon us during this time. And your hand was upon us in making this decision because it was a heavy decision, no doubt. Amen. Hey, we are picking this guy that's going to lead this church. And I thought about that looking back and looking at jeff been in like almost five months now And just so thankful. But the cool thing, chapter 8, continuing through as I was reading, verse 18. And I want you to look at these verses so you can even look at them and and underline them yourself. But verse 18 was just like the kicker. It says, Then by the good hand of our God upon us, they brought us a man of understanding. And I just thought again, of course, of Pastor Jeff. And and I got to tell you, um, across the board, unanimously, uh, the board of directors couldn't be more thrilled. Um, the pastors. Um, it's just been a joy working with Jeff and learning his ways and getting to know him and just the experience we're having. And of course, the staff—they're um, so blessed as well. And it's kind of funny. The staff is all intact. Okay. Now it's cute. People have been up to me and saying, like, "Hey, Pastor Rob, like we haven't seen you in a long time." And we were like, "Well, um, you know." <laughs> Did you get the axe or nothing? But no, we're all intact. Everybody's there, and uh, the staff is loving working with Pastor Jeff. So I want to encourage you. And also, we were told, of course, during this time, of expect to lose about a quarter to a third of the congregation, possibly, because that kind of stuff happens in these transitions and such. And so, but just take a look around. Um, Giving is actually up, and I just want to tell you, man, we are so thankful for your prayers. We're thankful to the Lord for him bringing Pastor Jeff and Connie our way, and we're looking forward to uh, uh, great things. And part of what this morning is all about is Jeff's heart for missions. And and, and Dee's going to share with you, it's just incredible, in two and a half months where we have sent mission teams in this church, and it's just the beginning. Pastor Jeff has told me that I have to go, so I'm still working on my wife, though, because I'm planning on going to the Philippines (laughs) with Pastor Dee. Um, but it's going to be awesome. So with that, though, this man here, folks, you need to know we are so blessed. God has brought this guy our way, tirelessly working for the gospel and, and the missions ministry of this church. You guys have a great guy here. So let's welcome Pastor D. Come up, buddy. Woo! <laughs> How
1: are you doing, Carrie Chapel South Bay? You're good? Can we all stand? Can we do this? You know the drill. We got some, uh, I think that's some PowerPoint here. So, how many you guys know the go tell it? If you know the go tell it, say amen. amen. Alright, so when I say go tell it, on the? It next slide. Over the? It's and? Alright, so this is the deal. I want you to listen in if that person next to you is not doing it. Point them out. Yeah. Pastor Duvay and Pastor Dave is going to take them out. And he's going to go tell it to them, Okay, so. So we're gonna do it. And we got hand motions. If you haven't been here, go tell it on the mountain. Show me your mountain. Okay. Over the hills and everywhere. Okay, got this. All right. All right. I'm gonna be watching. Mina, Mina. Okay, so here we go. Ready. Go tell it on the over the in. I didn't hear some of you, so we gotta do this one more time. So that person next to you wasn't doing it, say, say it. Say it. Okay, ready. Ready, ready. Okay, ready. All right. We're looking here. All right. Ready. Go tell it on the. Over the. Amen, amen, amen. Awesome. Cool. Tell that person next to you, I'm so glad you're here this morning. Tell them that. I'm so glad you're here this morning. You can have a seat. Awesome. You can have a seat. Oh, I got some hugs. Got some love. I love it. We are so excited, and not because we're talking about missions, but we're talking about God's calling upon our life. What The next couple of minutes, I just want to share real briefly what God's been doing and what God will continue to do. And I love this uh, uh, theme for missions. Lady, all you got to do is just show up, and God does the rest. Amen. He doesn't look for ability, eloquence. He's looking for a man or a woman who's willing to say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. If this is your very first time, if you recently heard about the missions ministry, this is our outreach ministry that goes out into all parts of the world. The theme for our missions ministry is backyard, borders, and beyond, which means we're going to take care of our backyard. We're going to take care of our area, the South Bay, Long Beach, this whole place. But also, we're going to extend our borders, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes, going south of the border, going to other states, and also beyond, reaching beyond our area that's here. Acts one eight, Jesus said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you power from on high. And when I've given you that power, you're gonna be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts." And I want you to think in your mind here. Where is one place in the world that you would love to go? Okay. On the count of three, I want you to shout it. One, two, three. I heard Hawaii way too much. That's um, all right. Here's the other thing. I'm gonna ask you again, think about this. Where's the one place if God were to send you that you really wouldn't want to go? No. Oh, okay, ready, ready? Count of three. Just be just be just as bold as as you said, Hawaii now. Come on, okay, ready. One, two, three. I heard Hawaii again. Why no, okay. You know, we're so excited to be a part of what God's doing here. And so what you like as Pastor Rob mentioned, in two and a half months. Well, we want to give you a, vid- a visual, a video of four places that we've gone in two and a half months. And I gotta tell you, with over 100 people from Calvary Chapel, South Bay, I think over 150 people have been involved in missions. So sit back, watch and see what God is doing through this video. We're going to talk, look about Samoa, New York, um, Maine and Mexico. So sit back and watch the video. God is so good, isn't he? You know, and just a couple of highlights from it. Uh, Samoa mission trip, Pastor Tuvai and Pastor Pat led. One of the great things they were able to do was to build a canteen where the kids at one of the schools can actually eat. So just so you know, your support and your encouragement helped build that canteen. And the interesting thing about Samoa, a lot of kids actually go to school uh, not having breakfast. So just consider this. Cowie Chapel South Bay is part of helping feed kids in the South Pacific on this particular island. And... We're praying that God continues to use, not, and this is the thing I gotta tell you, it's not about finances, it's about the provision of God. That takes care of the people there. You know, you also saw in uh, Bangor, Maine, Pastor Pat led a team of nine people who co-labor with Carrie Chapel of Whidbey Island. And you can see Pastor Ken Graves, uh, he had a home for men there. And they were able to, to build and, and really take care of those things of God And this is a really great testimony from Pastor Ken Graves. He said, them just being there for like four days put them up a month ahead of schedule. Don't you love God's timing? And how he continues to allow these things happen. Last week we had a team that was in Mexico for about four days. And we were able to minister at an orphanage for special needs kids. And also to help out with a a home for battered and abused moms. But also we got to go into a detention center, which is the juvenile hall. And it's really great because you can't do that here. And let alone we got to preach Jesus. We got to sing about Jesus. We got to shine our light for Jesus there in that particular area. And one of the things I love about uh, going to Mexico is just right across the border. You don't have to take a plane. You just get in your vehicle and you go and share the gospel. A couple of things also, a uh, month and a half ago uh, up there, it kind of shows you in two and a half months, this is what we, and I say we, can we say We? Chapel, where we went. We went to Bangalore, Tamil, India. We went to American Nation Samoa. We went to Brooklyn, Manhattan, Rosarito, Bangor, Maine, and Mañadero. That's us, guys. That you and I have been taken a part of this. Couple months ago, uh a month ago, Pastor Steph took a team of uh, five people to Ro- Calvary Chapel, Rosarito. Some of you guys how many how many of you guys have been to Rosarito before? Mm okay. So maybe not for the good reasons, but they came to help out with VBS. And one of the testimonies about that was a little kid they gave it hot dogs and cheese puffs, and the little boy came back and uh he wanted more cheese puffs and then one of our leaders saw why you haven't touched your hot dog and he says, Well the hot dog I'm saving for my mom when I get home. Oh right. So think about this cheese puffs, and hot dogs to share the gospel. Does it really take that much? It doesn't. One thing I want to share with you today, you might be saying, well, I can't go. I can't. I, I don't have the strength. I'm going to give you three ways. I want you to remember this. You got a pencil, lipstick, eyeliner. Write this down, okay? The first way we want you to be involved with missions today is that we want you to go and be a sender. we say sender. So what does that mean? Yes, maybe you can financially support a mission trip, which is great. But we know God owns everything, so he doesn't need our money. But the great thing you can do, you can send people. We have a a team here who meets every Friday. It's our crochet ministry. And you know what they do? They crochet beanies and scarves for our homeless ministry here. You don't go anywhere, but what you make goes to somebody who needs it. You get the drift there? You're sending. We have care packages that you can give to the mission teams before they leave. There's a lot of things that you and I can do right here in our seats, right here in our city to send missionaries. And so maybe you physically or maybe this time in your life you can't go. Guess what? God does want you to go, just not in the way you think, okay? So raise your hand if you're a sender. Who's a sender here? Raise your hand. Don't worry. It's okay. All right, good, 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 okay. Second thing, you can be a prayer-er, and I'll say that, prayer-er. What does that mean? One who prays prayers. One of the beautiful things we get to do is we get to pray for our missionaries. And I ask that you saw the video, you saw those faces, that you begin to pray for these countries. You begin to pray for these places, whether it's New York or Maine or Samoa or India, whatever God shows you, that you begin to pray. Every Thursday night, we have a team of people that pray for all our missionaries. This is only a glimpse of what we physically do, but we have missionaries all throughout the world, from Ireland to Greece to all these various places where people from Cowboy Chapel South Bay have been sent out. We need people to pray for them, care packages, so on and so forth. And so that's one of the ways you can be involved. In the third way is to be a go-er and say, goer <laughs> that you would go. And I love this our theme backyard borns in Miami. You don't have to go uh, halfway across the world. You can go down to the city of Limita. We have a homeless ministry once a month. We go down to this little alley. Got this bomb worship team that's there. We feed them, we hang out with them. This is off the 110 off of Limita Boulevard. This is in our own city, folks. Pastor Dwight hosts the uh, military ministry that goes out and ministers to the young marines at Camp Pendleton, right? We just started a surf ministry yesterday. I, I got to tell you this. I was at Porto, Manhattan Beach yesterday, leading worship with a surfboard behind me. How cool is that? Church on the beach, folks. This is what I'm talking about. This is what God is talking about. They may not come through these doors, but guess who gets to go out into the world? You and I. See, this missions is not about what we do. It's about who we are. Right? And the last thing I want to share with you, okay? You guys ready for this? I think God says just to go and do something. Go and do something for Him. James says, no, don't be merely doers, uh, hearers, but be doers of the Word, right? And so what you and I get to do here, is we get to do outside these doors, outside the foyer, or in the foyer and outside high school, uh, we have some missions people. And if you have any questions, we'd love to engage in conversation with you. If you want to sign up for any of the ministries and the other ministries that I have, but i got to share one quick testimony. We're in a Union Square in New York, uh, Manhattan, and I'm there, and doing, as you can see, we're doing dances. Everyone says, why are you always dancing and singing all the time? Is that all you do? No, I do more than that. <laughs> but to be able to share the gospel, this young man who's just kind of watching us, he approached, I approached him and said, like, hey, how are you doing? My name is Dennis. We're here with the mission team. And he says, uh, I'm a Muslim. I said, like, okay, that's cool. All right. Can you, you okay to talk and have this conversation? And he says, there's one thing I notice about your team. And I'm ready. I'm ready to like, okay, come on. Give me what you got. Come on. I'm ready. And there's one thing that you have that I don't have. He says, you have joy. Um. And get this. He allowed me to pray for him to have joy. So check this out. You just be who you are in Christ where you're at. That's it, folks. That's what mission's about. It's just being like Jesus. The greatest missionary on planet Earth was Jesus. And last time I checked, we're supposed to follow him. Amen? And he was the greatest missionary. He's kind of laid out the plan for us. That's what you and I do. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you so much for loving us and being with us and guiding and directing this time. And we ask even now, Lord, that as we go into a time of of communion, as we remember your great sacrifice, as we remember what you've done for us, Lord, that we would be so close to you, God, that we would hear your voice, we would understand your perfect will for us. We love you, God, and we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. Let's give it up for Pastor Dennis one more time. You. Praise for Jesus. Well, as the communion team comes forward and the worship team comes back up, turn with me to Matthew chapter 28 this morning. And uh, the worship team is going to kind of hang out, and the communion team is going to be passing out. But just don't look at them. They're just doing their job. And... But we're in the Word this morning. So th- what's the purpose of this missions thing we did this morning? Of course, the purpose of missions... Number one, of course, is the Great Commission. And we know this passage in Matthew chapter twenty-eight. Some of Jesus' final words. And this is the Great Commission, this is the command to act. And ultimately it comes down to the why of missions. He says here, and when they had saw him, verse seventeen, they worshiped him, and some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And I don't know about you, your Bible, but my Bible says the Great Commission right above that. It doesn't say the Great Suggestion. You get that? This is the Great Commission. And so Jesus, saying all authority, he's been given authority by God. He's letting disciples know that this is something... It's not just me talking here. And this authority, he, he has the power to send them out, to command them, but also he has the ability to protect them. Remember, they were living in a little bit uh, more difficult times than we are. And to be a disciple, to be a follower of Jesus Christ, was going to cost all these men their lives. And he says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. And what's left after all? What's left after all? Nothing. Nothing all the nations, all the people, make believers, make followers, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, the unity of the Godhead, again, establishing what was the mission, what was the plan here, the Great Commission, to go. And, and understand that he did not save us to sit. He saved us to send us. And unless you, you catch on to that, you're, you're missing out on the complete picture of Christianity because we come to Christ and he does a work in our hearts and lives definitely. And he continues that work until we go to heaven. But it isn't so that we just sit in the pews and receive and receive and receive. And, and you get your, in some churches teaching how Christianity is all about you and what you're going to get out of it and how it's going to benefit you and how it's going to increase your, your portfolio. And there's churches out there that are teaching that. No, you're missing the picture. Get saved, get cleaned up, get fixed up, And then go out and make disciples following what Jesus says. So we see the great commission. Number two, the great calling. Turn to Luke chapter 4. I love this passage of scripture. Luke chapter 4 verse 18. This is the great calling. We have the great commission. The great calling. And and this is the work that a person does. Now this is the story of Jesus coming into his hometown. And he he goes into... The synagogue there is, as his custom was, and it's his turn to actually read the reading of the day. They had the prayer of the day, the reading of the day, and divinely orchestrated, no doubt, he picks up, they give him the scroll of Isaiah, and he goes to the place that speaks of him, written 700 years before Jesus' time. Verse 18 says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim Liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Okay, he reads this, but this is what's crazy. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down, and the eyes of all were in the synagogue were fixed on him and began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. See, the reason Jesus came, this was his calling To do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. And of course, that's it, folks. Without the gospel, nobody's going to heaven, period. And why did he go to the poor? Because the religious people that he was kind of going after, they had no need. They didn't have any needs in their hearts and life. They thought they had it all together. The poor, those who recognize, you know what? I don't have anything, not only physically, but I am poor in spirit. Preach the gospel to the poor Send me to heal the brokenhearted. Anybody know anybody out there that's brokenhearted? Oh, my gosh, you look around this world, and it just breaks your heart to see how many people out there don't have the joy that you and I have, the joy of coming into church on Sunday morning and just clapping. Because why? Because you're happy. You're joyful. And, yes, we got, we got a ton of problems and issues going on, even in this fellowship right here. But guess what? We're going to heaven. And it doesn't matter because we'll be out of here before we know it. And yet there's the brokenhearted, especially in the area of the homeless, the helpless. They got nothing to the brokenhearted. Then he says he went to, the, to proclaim liberty of the captives. You have the message that will set these people free from drugs, from alcohol, from hopelessness, from despair, from thoughts of suicide, from taking their own lives because there's no reason to live apart from Jesus. Amen. Anybody ever been there? And you have the ability to proclaim this message, the recovery of sight to the blind. Satan has blinded. Second Corinthians fours, 4 tells us that the God of this world has blinded their eyes, put a veil over them. And you know what? When you pray for somebody, God, please just remove the blinders. Because when someone can see and open their, their eyes to the love of Jesus, my gosh, the world changes. And then he says here, to set at liberty those who are oppressed And this is what Jesus himself only can do. I cannot set anybody free. I point them to the one who can. And he sets them free. And then, lastly, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, meaning that this is the time of God's favor, this is the time of salvation. He desires to be favorable to those who cry out to him, who look to him. And it was specific to the Messiah, but as disciples, as followers, we're to be imitators. As dear children, we're to take up this and say, this is what Jesus did? Okay, I got my marching orders. I can do this. I can point people to Jesus. I can help. I can follow the leader. And then lastly, number three, the great challenge. Turn to Mark chapter 8, verse 34. The great challenge. Now go and do it. That's so what was talking about. You see, this is the challenge, though. And, and Jesus lays it out here to the disciples. Verse 34, we love this, sort of. <laughs> when he had called the people to himself and disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, to be a follower, to be a disciple, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And those disciples knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. He was going to take up his cross. And that same cross, these disciples were going to have to take up themselves. Now, God isn't asking every single one of us, you know, we're going to take this cross and we're all going to death of the cross. But there is the dying of self that has to take place in order for me to pick up my cross and to follow him. And see, we deny the flesh ourself and we surrender to and we obey God's will for our lives. And what is that will? That will is you pick up this cross and whatever it might be that you're going to suffer for the sake of Christ. And as Christians, one thing, newsflash: you're going to suffer. You're going to go through it. You're going to go through trials and tribulations. It's part of being a Christian. And yet, that's what makes us faith that isn't tested is no faith at all. And this idea here is we can't let our crosses keep us from doing what Jesus asks us to do. Imagine for a second. I thought about Pastor Greg. Imagine if the cross that he and his wife had to bear in the loss of their son, if he just said, you know what, that's it. That cross is too heavy for me to bear. The thousands of people who got saved last night and the thousands of people who got saved Friday night, where would they be? Greg chose to continue carrying that cross, denying himself himself. And to follow Jesus, the path that Jesus is taking, not the path that is in this world. And see, here in America, we have a handicap. We have so much, we've been blessed with so much that we lose focus of what really is the most important thing, the main thing. See, we've received Christ and we carry Christ with us all through our lives, and you know, we got everything all set up and we're all, we got wonderful lives comparatively, but just go around the world. Remember, Jesus isn't just Jesus of the United States. It's, it's a planetary thing. It's a global thing. And for us, denying ourselves, recognizing and realizing that this world is so upside down, so undone, that, that Christ is so much closer than I've ever seen in my, my heart and What I see what's going on in this place. And yet, what am I living my life for? What is my purpose? Is it to take care of me and to... You know, go off into retirement. I'm not bashing that. I'm just saying we can do so much more. This body of believers can do so much more when you find and you accept this great challenge. And so in communion, Jesus denied himself. He picked up his cross. He followed his father's plan. And when we look at the table, the elements that are in your hands there, I see that as really, uh, in a sense, the presence of Christ through his spirit. And that he's here today and as we partake of communion, it's like I set this up. I made the plan. This is these are my words. And this is what we are to do to be a follower, to be a disciple. It's not just Savior, it's Lord. And if it's Lord, what do you want me to do? And we need to be like Isaiah. Hey, hear my send me, Lord. What would you have me to do? And our prayer in this whole morning was that God would speak and minister. And you would feel the Spirit of God speaking to you so clearly that you're going to go sign up. You don't know where you're going. You know how this is going to work. But you know what? It's time. I'm not playing Christianity anymore. I know that I can do so much more for Christ. I know that they're hurting people who are going to die and go to hell if the gospel isn't preached to them. Jesus did that. He finished, John 17, Jesus speaking of himself, he finished the work that God gave him to do. How are we doing? How are we doing? Are we going to finish? Are we going to take our talent and bury it? Or are we going to use it for the gospel's sake? No matter how that looks, not everybody's going around the world. You could be the descender, but your heart is this. You know what? I've heard the voice of Jesus today. I want to follow in his footsteps. I'm going to pray, we're going to sing a song, and then we're going to partake of communion. So, Father, again, thank you so much for the great commission, Lord, and how you, you set this up, Lord. You, you left, you sent the Spirit of God to empower the disciples who heard your voice, Lord, every single one of us today, thousands of years later, we are recipients Of those who denied themselves, who picked up their cross, who followed you. And they kept the mandate of the master. This this great calling. And the challenge that was there. So Father, as we look to these elements, as we partake of communion. As we sing this song, as we just ponder again. Speak and minister. Show us, Lord, what would you have us to do today? In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing this song together.